This is Dickerson and Hood on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app and Sirius XM Channel 80, along with Chris Carlin and for JD, I'm Jonathan Hood. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Here's a Sports Center update in the aftermath of uh, seven withdrawals related to coronavirus at this week's Travelers Championship. The PGA Tour on Saturday implemented a new policy that will prohibit players from being on property while waiting for their first test result in the new city. Beginning at next week's Rocket Mortgage Classic in the Detroit, um, all those considered inside the bubble by the PGA Tour, players, caddies, instructors, etc., will need a negative result before they are being permitted on the grounds. Also, all 22 starters from the North Carolina Courage and Portland Thorns women's soccer teams um, along with the reserves from both teams, knelt and they wore Black Lives Matter shirts over their jerseys during the anthem. That's among our sports center headlines right here on ESPN Radio. Along with Chris Carlin for JD, I'm Jonathan Hood. Let us go now to the Shell Pennzoil performance line and say hello to Ian O'Connor, friend of the program, a senior writer from ESPN. He joins us right here on ESPN Radio. Ian, uh, as always, we appreciate your time. So, which Brady will stand up for this upcoming season? It will be uh, Brady the Patriot. Or Brady the Buccaneer? I think it'll be uh, more or less Brady the Patriot, guys. I think that he's going to have a season, I think, assuming we have a season. And I think he's got some good football left in him. I think last year was primarily the function of very few wins around that are really uh, functional and explosive. And now he's got a lot of weapons in Tampa Bay. I think offensively, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. The question I have about making the move is I think he's never had, I know he's never had a team like the Saints in his division. And in that context, I think it's a more difficult path to get back to the Super Bowl by leaving New England and going to Tampa Bay. He's never had to deal with the New Orleans Saints or a team and franchise like that in the AFC East. And I think it's, that hurdle is to be very difficult for him to get past as far as returning to the Super Bowl. Ian O'Connor, ESPN senior writer with us. Ian, uh, I think you put it pretty perfectly and, and succinctly on your Twitter. Tom Brady has had an awful lot of good weeks in the NFL. This was not one of them. Um, exactly what is going on with him down there right now is – he almost just looks defiant in, in what's going on and trying to work out with uh, other guys with everything that's been put in place with the NFL and the coronavirus in, in terms of uh, protecting players and such. Well, Chris, I think that's the perfect word, defiant. And uh, I don't understand it. I've gotten a lot of negative feedback from people in and around Tampa about, hey, Brady isn't breaking any law or ordinance, and why isn't he allowed to do this? Well, if you look at the recommendations, not only from part of the health, but also from his own union and league, basically saying, do this, and he's still doing it. I, I find it very hard to believe that he's continuing with these workouts, and I got to believe, guys, if, if the chief medical officer of ESPN told you, hey, these protocols do to follow, keep everyone healthy to try to advance uh, beyond this virus, you would follow those protocols. And he's not doing that. He's the chief medical director of the, in the NFLPA and also uh, by the league has said, we want players engaged in these workouts. We're trying to keep everyone healthy just to, to a regular season, which in a way is going to be very difficult to never mind finish. I understand how a prominent player in the NFL and one of the most famous men on the planet would not follow that, but 
time. He is just, uh, he's obviously defiant, and I think it's a really, really good look. Ian, we're going to put you on hold because you got a, an issue with your line there, so we're going to try to reestablish our conversation with Ian O'Connor. You know, uh, Chris, what stood out to me from Brady's comments just recently with Rob Gronkowski, uh, Tom Brady's pretty much saying, you know, football is fun again. So, so here's the thing. What, it's not fun to win championships, to win divisions. I mean, it's one thing to be coached by Bill Belichick, but there was no fun in those championships and, no, and now all of that pomp and circumstance in New England. Oh, I don't think there was there was any question that there was fun in it. There's just not in, I think maybe the more apt word would be freedom. You know, maybe mm-hmm. he feels like he has a lot more freedom right now. There's no doubt that Belichick would often uh, not go after him, but would use him as an example as somebody that, you know, nobody is immune from getting uh, absolutely, uh, you know, criticized. And that probably wore under Brady a little bit over the years. And uh, look, I understand where he feels like that this is an all new freedom. When you go from Bill Belichick to Bruce Arians, I mean, that is, you know, that that is absolutely like being sprung in a lot of ways. Well, and I understand uh, that way. Well, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's Bill Belichick being, versus being coached by me. I mean, yeah, I'm wearing a Kangol hat and have some Crown Royal in my glass. I mean, what's the big difference? As we bring Ian O'Connor back in the conversation, and we're talking about where Brady feels, as Chris mentioned, feels probably more free freedom. He says that football is more fun. And I just think winning championships are fun, but I guess it's, it's a different feeling clearly in Tampa than it is in New England. Right, uh, Jonathan, let's see how much fun it is after losing three out of four. If that happens, we don't know if it will with uh, Tampa Bay. But going from Belichick... To Bruce Arians, that's another very, that's a big gamble. You're going from the greatest coach of all time with 31 postseason victories to a guy with one postseason victory. And Arians' uh, mantra or philosophy is win or lose, we booze. I don't believe Bill Belichick would ever say those words, and it's fun and funny, and he's got an entirely different personality. And I think Brady's looking forward to engaging that personality. But what happens when they, they lose a few games? And he says, well, we lose, we booze. And I don't think Tom Brady is wired to accept that kind of thinking. And, again, it, it, it sounds great, and he is looking for something different. A friend of his told me after he left Tampa Bay that he was Belichicked out. And, and so this is a breath of fresh air for Tom Brady, and we'll see how it plays out. I do think he'll be successful. I, I don't think they'll win the division. I think they can get a wild card without question. They have a lot of talent, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, last year, they came on in, in a pretty strong way in the final six or so games. So I think it's a, a good team, but it'll be very interesting to see if they struggle at some point how Brady reacts to a head coach who definitely does not have the same disposition or maybe even attention to detail that his former coach had. Ian O'Connor, ESPN senior writer with us here on Dickerson and Hood on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Chris Carlin in for J.D. along with Jonathan Hood. Uh, Ian, I want to go back to the the week that he had for a second. This is not a guy that makes public missteps. And that freedom almost feels like it maybe got in the way a little bit this week, that he just doesn't care. And and I I get that. Um, People have criticized him for things before but he's not somebody who's outwardly going to say i I don't really care and i'm going to do what i want to do and that seemingly was what it looked like this week 
Yeah, Chris, and as you get older, a lot of times you, you just don't care as much as yeah, <laughs> you used yes. to care about what people <laughs> think of you. And in this case, though, I, he posts that quote from FDR, right? Yeah. The, the only thing to fear is for yourself. And I don't know about you guys. I've had personal experience with the virus. I've lived, lived with it in my, in my house. Uh, I've had many family members who had it. And it is worthy of fear, trust me. And, sure. and so uh, I'm not sure that he understands that. And... When you look at the amount of cases around the country, and, and today in Florida, 10,000 new cases, about about 9,000 new cases yesterday, it's exploding in that state. Plus, the virus has penetrated his own organization. Adam Schefter reported at least two players with the Bucks tested positive. I believe another assistant coach had tested positive. So this is nothing to play around with. And again, when your chief medical officer is telling you don't do this and you defy him, Wow, I, I find that hard to believe. And, uh, and, and one thing I wanted to point out, that before I wrote that column for ESPN.com, I reached out to the Buccaneers and to Brady's personal publicist to give him an opportunity to, have, to explain it. Because maybe I'm missing something. Maybe there's something I'm not seeing. And I wanted to have at least a, a 10 to 15-minute conversation. And I think it's important when you're going to be critical to give someone a chance. And that was declined, and I suspected it would be. But... Uh, I don't understand the, the rationale here when we're talking about probably the most terrifying event of our lifetime. You know, Connor, with us here on Dickerson and Hood on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. And uh, we want to get your thoughts about the Knicks, too, because of World Wide West now being part of the Knicks organization. Chris and I were talking about it earlier. I, just, I said, that, you know, it's important to be able to put uh, some new faces around the Knicks organization, but it's about the head coach. It's about the, the personnel around whoever the head coach is going to be. I want to get your initial reaction to the hire of Wes and what he could do to try to enhance the Knicks' chances to be able to be a winner. I've, I've just been through this so much with the Knicks where it seems like, Jonathan, that instead of hiring the guy, they hire the guy connected to the guy, and then they don't get the, the person that they really want to get, whether it's LeBron James or other free agents who've been out there, and, and it looked like the Knicks were a lock to get Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. That doesn't happen either, and we thought David Fisdale was going to be able to recruit guys around the league. That didn't happen, and so World Wide West is another executive or coach in a long line of people that Knicks fans thought were going to be able to get the guy, and it doesn't happen. It never happens for the Knicks. So until it does, I'm going to reserve judgment on it and not get too excited about it as a New Yorker and somebody who wants to see the Knicks return to what I used to cover regularly in the 90s. And I don't understand on the coaching front how Jeff Van Gundy is not involved in the process. He personally told me he wanted the job last time around. The Knicks didn't even really interview him. This time around, he's not a serious candidate. He's the last guy who had any success. He knows how to win consistently in the playoffs, as he did with the Knicks in the 90s, and he wants the job, or at least he did when Fisdale got hired, and I think he would have interest if contacted again this time. But let's see what happens. I think Thibodeau will get the job. Leon Rose and World Wide West is an interesting and fascinating combination. Let's see if they can recruit the top players in the league that the Knicks have not been able to attract in the past, largely because of their owner, but not exclusively because of their owner. And I hope it does happen. Ian, we were talking about this right before you came on. What do they have to sell right now? What are they selling when they are selling coming to New York to play for the Knicks to make it an attractive place again? It's a good question, Chris. I used to say Madison Square Garden. I, I just don't think you can say that anymore. The world is so much smaller. You can be a a global megastar in any market in the NBA. 
So I don't think what New York had as an advantage over other markets in the past is still there. Dolan is a major hurdle now. He's the worst owner by record in the NBA uh, over the last two decades without question. And, and that's a problem. And so it's a lot to overcome. I grew up in the area, so I'm a little biased. And the idea of playing in Madison Square Garden really ap- appeals to someone like me, but I just don't think it holds the same appeal to, to people from around the country anymore anyway. So uh, it's a good question. I don't know the answer. They, they've got to make the right hire with the head coach. If that happens to be Thibodeau, hey, there, there are players around the league who might be concerned about his style and how he has alienated some players in the past. So I don't know if that's going to be a great selling factor for the Knicks. So it's a long way of saying I don't know, and, and that's a pretty scary proposition. I told you, Carlin, being in Chicago, I I know the Thibodeau experience. Good coaching. I just just wonder what other players would say about Thibodeau in another job in the NBA when he's going to run you 40 minutes a game. That's a real thing. It's real. I I, I know he, in the past anyway, he's really wanted this job. And he, he is a good coach. He's a great defensive coach, but... If over time your act wears thin with your best players, it, it's just not a formula for, for long-term success. We've seen that, and that's why if I look at him versus Van Gundy, to me anyway, Van Gundy coaches with more humanity than Tibbs. That's why I would actually hire him over Tibbs. But it looks like that's not going to happen, so we'll see how it plays out. 